Welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with introductions of our inspiring educators. Hi, everybody. It's Lila, the educator motivator, coming to you from Los Angeles. You can find me at Miss Lila Nor at M-S-L-A-I-L-A, and you are on all my social media platforms. That's the website, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything. I'm currently an instructional coach at Manual Arts Senior High School out here in LA. And when we start this podcast, we always like to start off with something that we're grateful for to just really begin on a positive note to, you know, begin the inspiration process. And this week, I am grateful for Christina Lincoln Moore. Um, I went to CMC South recently and I attended the pre conference for coaches and leaders. And I attended her session and she really spoke um, a lot of life into me about putting myself first and that being okay. And something that she said that really spoke to me was the best investment that you can make is in yourself. And that is something that I'm taking with me for the rest of 2019 and into 2020. So thank you, Christina. This is your boy, Dr. Christopher J. Childs, the academic rock star. I'm a mathematics specialist residing in the FLA, Florida. You can find me on all social media platforms at drkchilds, at drkchilds. This week, I am grateful for, Lila mentioned Christine Lincoln Moore, which is a dope individual. If you do not follow her on social media, look her up, Christina Lincoln Moore. But I was also at the California Mathematics Council annual conference in Southern California. And I'm just grateful for being a part of that conference. The culture, the vibe, the experience is always amazing being in Cali on the West Coast. I'm just thankful for each and every individual that I interacted with, that I met. Each of you brought some life to me in a different way. I'm just thankful for CMC South. Yeah, buddy. This week, we got a hot topic, another hot topic, growth as an educator. As unique as educators, we're always focused on helping our students grow. We got to teach our students. But a lot of times, we need to look in the mirror and speak the same things to ourselves. As Lida mentioned in the opening, a lot of times we have to speak life into ourselves. The same thing, if we're going to tell others to be the best they can be, teach them to be the best they can be, what are we doing? to grow in our field, in our respective entities. Lila, what are your thoughts? I mean, oftentimes I like to start off with how I can grow as a person. And usually that rolls over to how I can be a better educator. For instance, um, if if you know me, you know how transparent I am as a person. Um, We were at CMC South. I was talking to people how I personally have struggled over the years to invest in other people, meaning I haven't taken a lot of time to get to know other people. Um, a lot of times it's, it's, it's an in and out. It's, hey, oh, nice to meet you, handshake. And then faces, names, everything is out the window. And for me, as a person, that was affecting my, me being able to build interpersonal relationships. But then even as an educator, granted, I don't do that with my students, but as an educator, I was limiting myself on how I can grow professionally in, in the communities that I could be a part of. So when I took a look at who I, I, I was and, and some of the areas that I could grow in, 
I, I was able to carry that over to how I can improve as an educator, as a coach now, right? Um, and, and that was being more intentional about getting to know people and how to interact with them. And, and that was, for me, that was something that was honestly really life-changing and it, and it changed my perspective on a lot of people as well. Um, so I kind of like to start with just me as a person and taking away that, that label as an educator sometimes. There's an old school statement or quote that says your net worth determines your net worth. And I, I believe your net worth goes beyond just money but just your value and your brand and who you are. And we have to get our respective bubbles. I, lo- I know a lot of people, they're, they're in two boats. One, some people are shy about networking. They just don't like it. They're, you know, the introvert in the sense. And then you have some who do not like to network because they feel as though the pie is not big enough for everybody. But my thing is when you're helping students, it's not about taking someone's territory or what someone does. It's how, what can we do to collaborate to work best together to impact students. So absolutely. I mean, I I think you really and truly got to think about how you're impacting like it's all about your purpose, what your mission is, right? How are you going to make the biggest impact and and oftentimes it's going to require some sort of change even if you feel like you've made a lot of changes in the past year there still requires more change. I went to um, Daniel and he gonna tell me, Lou, I'm not gonna try to say it, Daniel L. <laughs> I went to one of his sessions and um, he brought up a quote that someone else said and it said, um, it's, it, it's unprofessional to not try to grow at least 10% every year. And it was unreasonable to expect for our teachers to grow more than 10% every year. But when you think about that 10%, that it, it's really a, um, it, it feels like it's not a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, it ends up being, you know, something that can be very impactful. But thinking about that 10% and how we can use that as, as leverage in our lives, I mean, 10% out of 24 hours in a day is, you know, two and some hours, 2.4 hours. We think about our our school year. We think about how many days, but we think about how that breaks down on all those different levels. How are we we considering that 10% and what that looks like for us personally in terms of the impact that we're trying to make? I like that 10% piece, but we also have to think about if you're not growing, in my opinion, you're dead. And one must never stop learning. I remember growing up, everyone always says you should learn something new every day. And I'm, I, I'm, I want us to think about as educators, how can you impart knowledge into someone else if you're not imparting knowledge into yourselves? Because as you learn more, you become better at what you do. And naturally, as you give that information to students or to who's in your respective environment, or if you're a leader to teachers that serve under you, they're going to grow also. But to me, you have to keep growing in order to help someone else grow. Because once you become stagnant and stop growing, you're giving people, in my opinion, stale knowledge. And what is stale knowledge going to do for someone else? 
Absolutely nothing. So, I mean, if we think about things that we can do to start growing as a professional, I think, you know, conferences are definitely the first step oftentimes, right? Or like, no, that's a lie. Conference might be the second step, right? Because it definitely costs funds. Um, you know, it takes time away from the classroom and, and you need some buy-in from a lot of different people to go to conferences. However, I think maybe step one is finding networks of people that you can grow from, right? Um, I personally am not a self-taught type of person. So it, it's difficult for me to just say I'm about to, you know, hop online and start reading things and pick up a book. I work best interacting with other people. So for me, my step one is finding somebody else that I can learn from. Let's give them some ideas of how can they find others to learn from. Let's so let's get let's give our listeners some practical tips. So we're gonna give you all some big pictures what you should be doing, but these are some tips to actually enact it. So I'll let Lila jump in. With the networking, what's like a one or two go-to things people can do to network? Then I'll jump in before we go to the next idea. I mean, the thing that I've seen happen the most is Twitter, my Twitter blogosphere. I mean, people get on and they say, hey, I'm new. Um, tell me some people that I should follow. And, and you see, you know, at least four or five people jump in and say, and they'll give you a list of folks and say, hey. Here's some great people to connect with. Here's some great blogs to look at. Here's some people that you should get connected with if this is your area, right? Because we, we know a, a multitude of people who specialize in certain grade um, ranges, who specialize in certain content areas. And so the Twitter ends up being, honestly, <laughs> one of like, in terms of like an online platform, one of the best in terms of um, going out and finding other people. And I think just going along the social media vein, I don't think we realize our friends that are on, let's say, Facebook, we don't utilize them enough. Because a lot of our friends are educators, but how often do we actually communicate with people that we actually may know in real life, in a sense, and just identify different ways we can network? Another way to network, in my opinion, is when you work with, when you go to these district professional learning opportunities, which we're going to get into also as a way to grow, how often do you actually take time when you're at an event with other educators to meet someone new? Yep. And that goes back to what I said earlier, investing in other people and taking the time to, to find value in being able to talk to other people. It, it has completely changed my my personal and my professional growth and the way that I feel like I have the ability to impact my community as well as me allowing other people to impact me along the way. So that being able to, to just take a moment and stop and connect with other people and get to know somebody new, that's, I, I agree, it's really important. Which segues into, as we think about this networking, segues into attending conferences, which Lila mentioned, but I want to put a caveat, attending conferences slash professional learning experiences. That way, let's encompass what's happening at the local level, state, regional, and national level. So what are your thoughts about, as a key to growing, attending conferences and or professional learning experiences? I mean, there's tons of professional learning. I know, for instance, in my district, LAUSD, there's tons of you know professional learning that happens um, through people that you know come from the district and provide those opportunities. That's free through our local conferences. You know, smaller 
um, community built um, uh, uh, kind of grassroots conferences, those tend to be less expensive. And so if you're, you know, you hear a lot of, about the big conferences, CMC and NCTM and, you know, all of those, NCSM, which, you know, you got to fly across the country and pay all this fund. Those local conferences sometimes cost just $20, just a dub. That's it, right? You have $20, you put $20 on a meal or whatever else. That's easy to be able to say, I get to go and get some professional learning from somewhere really close to my community. So those local conferences end up being really um, of value. I know that California has GLAMP. You know, I think Glam C or something. So let's 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 throw some a loop in there for our listeners too. And this is for people that put on conferences, organizers, or someone who presents. Make sure you know what you're doing, and really study your craft before you get in front of others. And I say that because make understand someone is taking time of their lives to go to your conference, to go to your event, or sit in your session. Give them better than your best because they can't get their time back. And that's a frustrating experience when someone's trying to grow and they go to something that at best is subpar. And that's, and I'm not picking on presenters. What I'm saying is some people don't respect the craft. So making sure they respect the craft. Another professional, another key to growing, reading books. What books have you read about your craft? When I say craft, being an educator, what professional books have you read Lately, I'm not putting Lila on the spot to tell us some books she's read, but in general to our <laughs> listeners, what are you reading to grow as a professional? And it's going beyond, I read the textbook, Chris. No, going beyond the textbook, even going beyond a book study, what are you reading to grow your knowledge base in your content area and outside your content area and you as a person? And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. Lila, your thoughts? Yeah. Well, go back to what you just said before your your point. I don't even know what point we're on at this point. Point three. Point three. <laughs> about, about knowing, well, the point before that, about knowing um, what you're doing. Christina said something at the pre-conference, and it was uh, accepting feedback. You gotta, you have to be willing to, A, ask for feedback, and then B, be able to accept the feedback that you receive. Even, you know, no matter what form that it comes in, whether it be positive, negative, um, or not necessarily phrased in the way that you might find so kind, but you got to be willing to ask for and accept feedback. Feedback, I, there are small things and tweaks that I made to this a presentation I just gave that completely changed the dynamic of the presentation, but they were small things because I asked for feedback. I asked for someone to sit in the audience and take notes for me to say, you spent this much time here. How about you change this? This didn't make sense. Change the colors here. Make this bigger. Make that smaller. That point didn't connect to the other one. There was intentional um, uh, setup and process for me receiving the feedback. And you know what I did? I think I used it the exact next day. I didn't even wait till the next time it was time to present. It was done. It was done in 24 hours because it was it, it was already given to me and I used it immediately so that there wasn't any time to forget or not know um, what somebody meant by something. My motto is hurtful feedback is helpful feedback. Cause, you know, feedback, is it hurts you sometimes. You put your effort in, into it, but guess what? It helps you grow. Let's go with two more keys to growing. Join your professional organizations. 
whatever they may be for your field, join them. That's another way for you to not only network, but to get up-to-date information. A lot of people, Lila and I in the field of mathematics, and when we talk to different people in the field, they're talking about antiquated strategies or antiquated things that we do in the field. And it's not, it's mainly because they're not up to speed with the current literature. And I think being a part of your professional organization where you go on these email lists, you get different journals in the mail, it just keeps you up to speed with your career and your pathway. Very much. I agree. I agree. And the last one, this is a key to growth that I think is one of the most underutilized keys in the rural. Visiting other classrooms and schools. How often do you as an educator see someone else teach? How often do you as an educator see someone else at school? And get out of the moment of, well, it's hard for me to get coverage from my class or I can't leave my school. We have technology. So you can Zoom in or Skype into someone else's class or they can video record it. But you have to expand your lens. And if you only know your four walls within your classroom or if you're an administrator, you only know your school building, how are you growing to know what else is happening? I get into heated discussions at times with people, let's say, in the state of Florida about educations like this. I'm like, have you been to New York? Have you been to Texas? Have you been to California? Have you been to Washington? I say that because when you have a limited view, you only know what you know. But we have to expand our views of the classroom. And I believe getting out of our classrooms and seeing others teach is a game changer. A and you and get out of I need a substitute or I need this. Stop making excuses. Utilize technology and figure out how can you see someone else teach mm. or lead or lead for our administrators. Like that, I agree. So a quick recap: networking. Networking is going to be key to growth. So quick recap for keys to growth: networking, attending conferences or professional learning experiences, reading books. Joining your professional organizations, visiting other classrooms and school. Professional growth is imperative. What are you going to do to grow as an educator? What are you going to do short-term and long-term? So develop some goals. What are you going to do short-term and long-term to grow, grow as an educator? Lila, final thoughts on growing as an educator. You got to be reflective. You got to know where your shortcomings are and it sucks to call them shortcomings it sucks to call them flaws it sucks to call them challenges and obstacles but you gotta know and you have to be able to make movement on them let's call them knowing your room or areas of improvement um, there you go <laughs> i don't mind me i see i'm harsh with myself and i i've learned to take it but i know everybody can't say areas of improvement. areas of improvement <laughs> as we consider areas of improvement it leads me to the favorite part of the podcast which is the inspirational moment the inspirational moment is designed to inspire you just to give you some encouragement motivation as you go through this journey of being an educator This episode's inspirational moment is being brought to you by none other than Dr. Christopher J. Childs, your favorite teacher, favorite teacher, favorite teacher. Take it away, Chris. I'm introducing myself. I'm about to take it away. I want you to reflect upon growth and comfort do not coexist. Growth and comfort do not coexist. Being an educator is one of the best career pathways in the world because your impact 
is limitless. When you're impacting young minds or older minds, it's limitless because you never know just how far your reach is going to be. But your reach can be limited when you're limited in your knowledge base and you're not willing to go out and grow. So I'm going to give you three things I want you all to consider. First, you need to learn something new every day. If you're not learning something new, you're stale, you're dying. So when you learn something new every day, it's going to help you as an educator. It can be a new way to teach something. It could be a new way to interact with students. It could be learning about a new possible career move uh, opportunity. But everyone should be learning something new every day. Challenge yourself as an educator. What am I going to learn new today? And then when you learn something new, build upon what you just learned. Second, it's time to get uncomfortable. Have you ever noticed you grow most when you're in an uncomfortable situation? Anybody that's been to the gym, they always tell you those first couple of sets, or if you're walking, the first couple of miles that you walk, it's easy because you're just beginning, you're in the comfort zone, heart is not really racing. But when you start to get uncomfortable, when you're lifting weights and it's those last sets, they get rough. Or if you're running, though, that last mile gets rough. That's when you're growing those muscles. That's when you're growing. The same thing as it relates to growing as a professional, you got to start getting uncomfortable in order to grow. I call it, especially when you're having discussions with others, don't talk about, oh my gosh, I love what I do, or don't complain about everything you do, but start to have courageous discussions to improve yourself as an educator. What is going to make you uncomfortable is going to help you grow and build. Lastly, you got to push yourself. We cannot be complacent as educators when a large portion of our students are not succeeding academically. Year in and year out, the same groups of students are not succeeding academically. So we can't be complacent. So we need to push ourselves to get better to ensure every student, all students, we say that in missions and visions, but we don't mean it. Because if we did, every student would be achieving. So when I say ALL, all students, or every student, what are we truly doing to ensure that each one of them is, receives a high-quality educational experience? We have to push ourselves to get better because the better we get, guess what? The better our instruction is going to be. Guess what? The better our students are going to, they're going to have better educational experience, which is going to improve their academic achievement. As the academic achievement improves, guess what? Society begins to improve. But it starts with you improving and pushing yourself to be a better educator. Learn something new every day. Get uncomfortable and start to push yourself. And remember, growth and comfort do not coexist. What are you going to do tomorrow to start growing as an educator? And you're not only growing for yourself, you're growing for the beautiful students that we serve each and every day. Lila, any final thoughts? You know, I like getting uncomfortable. So I'm all the way here for this message. I totally agree. Let's get uncomfortable. This has been the Inspiring Educators Podcast. Check us out on the next episode. I about to say epiclog. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> and we don't edit parts. Of the, so this is funny to us. Y'all can laugh. Y'all can like Y'all should edit it. Either way, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. We O-U-T. We out. Adios. Adios.
Peace. <laughs> I was gonna say bonjour, but that's I don't think that's, <laughs> that's, that's a low, ain't it? Oh no, it might be combined. Alright, we got it. <laughs>